welcome back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about Come on, let's go Come on Let's go, Sean Come on, you agreed to do it Come on, get out of the car Get out You do this or not? Sean, is it good to be back? God help me, I love this stuff! So with that said... Welcome to the Wrestling House Show. My name is Joey. And my name is Chris. This is, uh, I guess, a relaunch of sorts. We have uh, we have not done this show for a while, but we're going to treat... I figured, let's go the full night, since we haven't done a show in a long time. We've put a show out in a long time, and you know, I'm really, really working on getting more people to listen. Then let's just... I, I, so let's go back to the pilot, and do a repilot, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah? And... Basically, on that show, the, the reason why we're doing this is because I was the only one on that show out of the current panel. Oh, yeah, that's true. I wasn't even on that first show. Yeah. No. There was actually three people yeah. on the original, including myself, but the other two we have wished well in their future endeavors. Yes. So, let's repilot. We're going to have a whole new batch of listeners. Yeah. For all our new listeners, welcome. Welcome. And I, I do want to, um, right off the bat, I wanted to say... At the same time, sorry and thank you to our most dedicated listeners of the show. And I will mention their names real quick. Uh, we have U.S. Adam. We have U.K. Adam. A.K.A. Cornish Adam. Cornish Adam. Thank you, Chris. And we have J-Rock. And also the great Jim from Britain. I call him the one and only Michael Cole fan. Because he probably actually is the one and only Michael Cole fan. Because yeah. we still don't like him. <laughs> yes. We, we met... We actually met Jim at WrestleMania weekend this year in Houston and had a blast talking to him based off of what I just told you. I mean, he, he is awesome, and he wrote us a great email on this episode that we read. I definitely recommend... We had a WrestleMania special on our website. We did. And what is that website, Chris? Uh, www.wrestlinghowshow.com. All right. Okay, plugs and business and friends. We've got that out of the way. So we're going to do... What, what we did on the first episode. Let's get back to our roots and for the new series of shows. We like to, I, I want to talk about what, why are we sitting here right now? What made us wrestling fans so much so the fact that we felt the need to uh, come on your iPods and computers and start talking about it? What, what makes us the authority that you should listen to as far as the world of professional wrestling goes? Who are we? There you go. Who, 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 what is your... Who, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stone Cold with the microphone. Yes. What, what's your name? So, Joey, 
why are you sitting here talking about wrestling to people you don't know? I don't even know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I'll tell you, I, I grew up actually in Texas. The show is based out of Texas, but I used to, a long time ago, I used to live in... Formerly Parts Unknown. Formerly Parts Unknown, but fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard enough to find the real Parts Unknown, so we didn't want to give any more confusion to if Chris If you're Jericho. a loyal listener to the show, you probably already can discern from what we've said that we are, yes. We live in Texas. Big wrestling state. A lot of, a lot yeah. of wrestling history here. A lot of history. That's actually what I was... I was definitely going to reference that. Uh, I grew up in Abilene, Texas, and, you know, we finally got cable, like... Seemed the years after everybody else. So one day I'm just it's it's like summertime and I'm just you know flipping around the television when I probably should have been playing outside, and all of a sudden I see professional wrestling. Now I had heard about professional wrestling. Obviously, I grew up in the '80s. I used to hear about the rock and wrestling connection thing. I was actually more of a music kid, weirdly enough, uh, and so I didn't catch the wrestling end of it. I didn't have MTV during the big boom. I was so. just I was just gonna ask did. Rock, the Rock and Wrestling connection did that draw you into wrestling at all? No, uh, and weirdly enough, this is going to be make it make it seem even weirder. I used to watch Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling connection, mm-hmm. but I it never I never uh, moved over to watch wrestling because of it. Uh-huh. So they didn't get me as a crossover yeah. fan at that time. I don't know why. I liked the cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun and wacky, and yeah. you know none of the wrestlers did their real voices except for like Mean Gene and Junkyard Dog, I think. <laughs> No, no, no! That was uh, the guy that played uh, the Fresh Prince's dad on uh, on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, yeah. That was James Avery. Yeah, yeah. he he played the voice of the junkyard dog. Oh. And Hulk Hogan's was the guy that played Raymond's stupid brother on that show. Um, the, okay. the real dolty guy. Yeah, that was like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Here we go. Tangents on this show. Get used to it. Uh, I used to watch rock and wrestling, but it didn't get me. Uh, didn't have MTV in 1984. Got cable in 1987. Turned on, and apparently this was an episode of Primetime Wrestling, and they happened to have the Hart Foundation versus the British Bulldogs. Oh, yeah. Who is not going to be a fan after tuning into that yeah. match? <laughs> uh, thankfully, I didn't get you know a, a squash match. Maybe I would have not watched. Yeah. I don't know. But it was back and forth, and I was completely compelled. Obviously, the skills of those two teams um, really don't have to say much if you're listening to this about how great they are. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I was I was in. I watched on and off if it was on, but I never went out of my way to find it. Yeah. But sometime around SummerSlam '88, uh, around there is when I started on a weekly basis, and I never stopped. Wow. So, uh, used to watch All American Wrestling on USA on Sunday mornings and Primetime Wrestling Monday nights on USA, and that was literally the only wrestling I ever got to see for yeah. about a year or so. Wow. And then, as 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 my Texas roots intact, um, I did happen to come across World Class Championship Wrestling. Although, weirdly enough, this is completely completely weird. We didn't have the weekly version syndicated yet. Uh, the the actual current version of World right. Class's weekly show. I had to start. I started watching ESPN's classic. World Class Championship Wrestling. Really? So I was like in around like 85, 86 era. Yeah. But the thing that really messed me up is that I was already watching WWF and I would see like Ultimate Warrior and Rick Rude and guys like that. And then I'd watch World Class and it's like Rick Rude and Warrior from three years ago or something, you know, like that was was like, wait, these are old. (laughs) I didn't even know. Yeah. I was just like, hey, it's the Von Erics and Chris Adams and, and, you know, and the Freebirds and, 
I had no idea that this wasn't current. <laughs> uh, you know, it, yeah. it really, I was like, whoa, wait a second. Or, uh, hey, who's this Ultimate Warrior knockoff called the Dingo Warrior? What's <laughs> up with that? So, yeah, you know. That's cool. And, yeah, so, I've, I've talked way too long, um, at least for this part of it. Chris, um, how did how, you get into wrestling? Did you do, was it as a kid? Yeah, I did watch wrestling as a kid. I was, I don't know, I guess I was more of a casual fan. I don't think I was really that, I don't know, more than a casual fan, I suppose. Because I did go to shows. I remember my dad took me to a show. I, I saw The Undertaker and was amazed. And nice. for some reason, like, the two guys that I remember at that show were, of course, The Undertaker. And I remember Paul Bear because we were, like, up in the risers. And I remember seeing Paul Bear like, before the match. And I pointed to my, like, took my dad and pointed. And was like, that's Paul Bear right there. Nice. You can something. see him in the wings while you're yeah. watching the show. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I remember those guys, and for some reason, the Brooklyn Brawler. He was there that night, and I remember him for some reason. Well, who beat him that night? I don't even remember. So, <laughs> see, it was, yeah. what, what year was that? What year was that? Uh, see, I don't even remember that. Hmm. I mean, a lot of my early wrestling memories are kind of just, they all kind of flow together. You have a mind like a trap, like when, when it comes to wrestling, you can bring out all these facts. Mine, Dr. Stats. Yeah, mine all just kind of, I remember events, but I can't remember like when they happened or right. anything. Well, let me ask you, when you saw him, when you remember The Undertaker being there, had he beaten Hogan by then, or had he was he just about to? Or had it... I think uh, it, it must have been around... I can't even remember that, because huh. it must have been around the whole Tuesday in Texas thing, because that's, okay. that's the main time. That's when I was like really into wrestling at the time. I was a huge Hogan fan. I had this huge Hulk Hogan banner and yeah. that I had in my room for years. Uh, when the Ultimate Warrior came around, I was a huge Warrior fan. So I was one of those fans. Oh, yeah. I had I, the uh, Ultimate Warrior uh, uh, wrestling buddy. I was going to ask if you had wrestling the, uh, buddies. I had the wrestling buddy. I had the Ultimate Warrior teddy bear, which I still have in my closet right now. I had, like, the T-shirts. I was huge in Ultimate Warrior. So when I later, when I grew up and I realized how unimpressive Ultimate Warrior was and how just really completely random he was, I was like, wow. Yeah, you know your childhood's over... Um, you know, if you become a what they call a smart mark or a smart yeah. fan, um, and it's, then you wind up getting into people more more your Bret Hart's of the world than your Hulk yeah. Hogan's, and then you go, it's like comparing you know Cadillacs to prunes. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, so yeah, the Tuesday in Texas era that was right around when he beat Hogan, so yeah. it could have been before or after. Yeah, knows, I don't so. even remember. Yeah. But it, that was uh, those instances I really remember. Uh, one of the things I was a huge. Uh, Macho Man fan, like huge. When I was a kid, and we would have wrestling matches with each other, I would always be Macho Man. Yeah. A lot of that had to do with my dad because he actually looked quite a li- lot like the Macho Man at the time. Yeah, I've seen pictures of your dad from that time, yeah. and even r- around the time I met him, he kind of still had that kind yeah. of look going on. And so. Of course, Macho Man was just awesome. So of course, yeah. I mean, and so his thing with, uh, of course, the wedding, the yeah. big wedding at uh, what SummerSlam. SummerSlam 91, the match made in heaven, match made yeah. in hell. Uh, that was a big deal for me. Uh, that was one of the few uh, pay-per-views that we actually bought and watched. And yeah. um, the whole thing with uh, Jake the Snake, where oh. he kept biting his arm, or had the snake bite his yeah. arm or whatever. Oh, I remember that. Because I was, I was watching, and my mom happened to come in the room. <laughs> she always used to come in. It, it's like when you're trying to watch a, you know, don't pretend like you don't know what I'm talking about when you're trying to watch like a softcore film. Like at your aunt's house or something on HBO, hoping the mom doesn't come in. It always seemed to come in when it's about to get good, and you got to turn the channel. Oh, I'm watching cartoons. <laughs> um, that happened to me every time I was watching wrestling. It would always be always be the most appalling angle of the year, yeah. and they would wait for my mom to come in the room to air it. <laughs> when 
when outlaw Ron Bass took a spur to Brutus Beefcake's head and started going and had the blood come out and the big censored sign on there. That what that's what was on the screen when she walked in the room one of the first weeks I watched wrestling. And then when the snake bit and had a clamp on Macho Man's yeah. arm, she walked in during that too. Yeah. It's like Jesus. So, At least, yeah. to her credit, she never completely forbade me from yeah. watching. So. That's good. Yeah. That's a good, good mom. That's a great angle, Dick the Snake. Uh, yeah. I, I've, I, I really... That's when I knew I was growing up a little bit, because I didn't out and out hate him yeah. when he started doing those kind of things. See, I did. I was still that fan. I was really? like, I hate Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah. And he's a son of a bitch. Yeah, he, he was a son of a bitch for hitting Elizabeth. This yeah. is true, you know, so... Um, how it all ties in. If Dick the Snake had never done that, then The Undertaker would have never been loved. Because that's when Undertaker decided to grow a conscience. <laughs> he became yep. the conscience of the World Wrestling Federation. And then so, uh, after that, I just I kind of stopped watching for a while. And it wasn't until I met you um, around uh, 97. Late yeah. 97, actually. Well, we met before that. Well, we, we met before that, but late 97, you actually got me to start yeah. watching wrestling again. I remember what that was. The first, it, was, it, was, it was the night after... The Montreal screw job. Yeah. It was literally the night after. I taped the Raw, and I don't even know how it. I don't even know how it came up for me to like start bringing it over. I just maybe I was just like, hey, you want to watch this? See what's I don't going remember on? either. Uh, I was like, did you like Shawn Michaels? And like, yeah, well, check no, this out. I because remember at that time I didn't like Shawn Michaels. Yeah, I was like, he won the title, and you're like, Shawn Michaels won the title. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, you got to see this. It's amazing. Because at the time that I had stopped watching, I was huge uh, Bret Hart fan. Yeah. Still am to this day. Oh yeah. But I was still in the story mode. I was like, I don't like Shawn Michaels. Him and Bret were like having a thing. They were a big rivals Shawn, probably around the time. Shawn Michaels is a son of a bitch, and I don't, <laughs> I don't like him. And so when I found out when you brought that over, that's probably why you made me watch it. Yeah. The night after the Montreal thing, yeah. I was pissed. I hated Shawn. Yeah. That WrestleMania that came up the when he fought Stone Cold that, in '98. Yeah. I still hated Shawn Michaels. Wow. So, wow. Not quite as much because I think I disliked Austin more at the time. Yeah, we were we we're weird fans. We're just gonna yeah. tell you we're, we may you may not agree with everything we say as time goes on, but you know, as long as we can hit you like ninety percent of the time, you can forgive us for those when we say that we weren't big Austin fans during the Attitude Era. Not at all. It was we always tend, would tend to wind up rooting for who he was opposed. It wasn't until after he came back from one of his injuries that we started. That he actually started wrestling again. Yeah, and that was when we were like, hey, you know what? Maybe he's pretty good because I mean, and I, I'm of the guy. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just. I kind of have an, a little bit of excuse because I, I didn't. Did, I mean, did, how much did you see of Austin like before that? I mean, did you see? Did you follow him through the Hollywood Blondes era and everything? Not only that, I got. I got to tell you, I was. This is that's, that's actually what I was about to say. Yeah. I saw Steve Austin's first ever match on television. Really. I'm world class kid. I actually did eventually yeah. get to see the current world class. They finally started airing it where I lived, and once I moved over here to the Dallas Fort Worth area, of course, every weekend they would yeah. air it. And I remember they were talking Chris Adams, gentleman Chris Adams, great British wrestler, uh, world class legend, yeah. no longer with us. He started a wrestling school, and they used to air ads every almost every other break. Yeah. They would air ads for his wrestling school. And then all of a sudden they come on television and said, I have a graduate, and he's, he's the guy that I want to bring out. Out of the entire class that I trained, this is the guy. And his name was Steve Austin. Mm. Stunning Steve Austin. I don't think he was... No, he wasn't stunning Steve Austin yet. Um, 
wrestle his first match, he was pretty good. You know, I was like, oh, you know. But here's the thing. People were kind of ho-hum about him, even though they could see that he, you know, Chris Adams definitely got him over. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until Steve Austin co- turned on him within a matter of months yeah. and stole his wife on television. I mean, he... That was that was not unheard of for professional wrestling, but that was the first time I saw that angle. And he went from there. I mean, he went from being just kind of a mid-carter guy to being like, I hate that guy more than anybody in the mm-hmm. Fed. And when he moved over to WCW, which I was watching at the time uh, and studying Steve Austin, I knew that he was good. And mm-hmm. he just kept moving up, kept moving up, brought the brought the woman with him from World Class, um, who he wound up marrying, Lady mm-hmm. Blossom. Uh, so that, that's what she used to be called when she managed Steve. Right. Uh, what's her real name, Jeannie or something like that? Something, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is that he stole Chris Adams' wife Tony, but um, yeah, it, it's complicated because he brought in the woman Jeannie, yeah, and it was like this four-way kind of thing. <laughs> I need to do more research on that feud, yeah. but I remember it pretty well. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, he came up through the ranks of WCW, won like a secondary title in no time. He won like the TV title, and then he was a U.S. champion. Yeah. I was like, well, this, and then he did the tag team thing with Pillman and the Blondes. He was in the Dangerous Alliance with Paulie Dangerously. Mm-hmm. And they used to put him in matches, teaming with Rick Rude and Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton. Yeah. And he was the only guy that was still kind of new out of all those guys. So he was yeah. good enough to hang with those guys two, three years into the business. Yeah. That's how I knew that Austin was going to be a star. And um, I, I wasn't aware of any backstage politics with how they were handling Austin. Yeah. And then one day I see him in WWF as the ringmaster. And then, of course, everybody knows what happened after yeah. that. But, yeah, I followed Steve's career. And it was disappointing for me seeing a guy that was a great wrestler being reduced to a brawler. I, yeah. I get that the character was great and revolutionary. Yeah, at the time, though. Yeah. As In retrospect, when I watch the stuff, I get it, actually, yeah. weirdly enough. But at the time, I, was, I wasn't a fan. And you're right. When he came back from the neck injury, he started wrestling again. Yeah. Go watch his matches with... Uh, he had some matches with Regal and yeah. Benoit. His matches with Benoit are the ones that stand out the most to me. That's what really he had a breakthrough year when he came back, yeah. and it was it was a uh, two thousand something like that. Yeah, two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, because that was two thousand one was the whole invasion year. That's when yeah. he started to really wrestle. That's when he started to be really funny, and I started yeah. actually being really entertained yeah. by him. Yeah, we we came on board almost during what, which is yeah. almost where some people think he jumped the shark. Yeah, <laughs> we're the exact opposite. Well, he seemed to have more fun with it. I I've never liked the the brawler, the big. The big babyface brawler guy, which was huge. Well, it's what the Attitude Area was era was based on. Well, that's what Hulkamania was built on yeah. too. Fair, to be fair, True. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. It's, yeah. it's, it's basically I the guess, same thing. Yeah, I guess yeah. That, that is true. You know, it, I was a kid that I had an excuse. I was dumb. Yeah. I wonder if he listened to Hogan because Hogan always says you can do so much with so little, and he's even admitted that. Yeah. So I don't know. maybe Hogan's the master of wrestling. He's going to revolutionize the industry again. <laughs> yes, yeah, we're we're going to be covering that. Oh, oh my God, that guy. <laughs> I've heard. Oh, I'm so sick of hearing about Hogan. He's not even on TV yet. He will be. Uh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's really okay. Tangent. That's what we're yeah. here for. But but yeah. So I guess my real wrestling. History started about in late '97, and then as I, I just my fandom just exploded, and I started relearning all the history of it and watching all the old stuff again, and branching out even further. And we got into ECW around that time. Yeah, a little bit late. I mean, we were, we were, like '98 is when we got into it. But once again, to be fair, 
uh, ECW did not air over here. Yeah, we couldn't see it. The only things, I mean, we didn't even get pay-per-views until... 98 or 97. It, it was the first of 99 is when we first got a pay-per-view. Was it? Yeah, it was uh, that first one. Oh. Uh, Living Dangerously, I think it was. Uh, 99, January. Oh. Uh, yeah, we didn't... ECW was not airing over here. We had it was we had cable and it wasn't anywhere. Yeah. Uh, we could get it on pay-per-view, but why are we going to buy a pay-per-view? We don't know what the hell it is. Yeah. And... Uh, the first time I really like even read more about it was in like in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and then they put their soundtrack out, their first soundtrack, yeah. and I actually got it because I liked all the pants on there yeah. for the most part. So I started reading about those guys. I'm like, oh wow, Bam and Bigelow, that's where he's been. Yeah. Oh, whoa, hey, I, I know that guy. I know Scorpio. I know, wow, Terry Funk. And I remember seeing the ads in the back of PWI with Tommy Dreamer uh, handcuffed to the ropes with blood pouring down his face. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch that. Yeah, it's like, hmm, ah. Uh, so, Cause I think, we took a chance. We finally took a chance. Yeah, because I think for a little while, at least for me, I think I was a little bit of an elitist. At least yeah. when we first when I first started really getting back into it, yeah. I was really about all the like, technical wrestling. Oh, this guy can't wrestle, and like, talking to Austin and stuff. But I, since, since then, I've grown to realize that wrestling isn't about technical expertise, necessarily. It's about putting on a compelling match. Exactly. And I have to mention one other thing. We first started watching wrestling together. Uh, one of the first few Raws... Uh, I remember we were totally divided because I loved DX, and they were still doing things that made you mad, like the Bret Hart bit. Yeah. They did the Bret Hart midget, yeah. and then they beat up Slaughter, and oh, you got yeah. pissed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you're like, I can't believe they did that to Sergeant yeah. Slaughter. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, not in those words, but yeah. you're like, I don't like these guys. Why do you like these guys? Yeah. <laughs> it was great. But, uh, you know... DX definitely uh, and that was, initially it grows on you yeah and that was that was in the area where DX still did controversial stuff like a lot oh yeah like every, every second they were on it yeah. was actually shocking stuff so. that people wouldn't necessarily exactly like like, yeah. like me like the casual fan yeah so god where we go from there well let's talk about that first ECW pay-per-view that was definitely one of the one of the times the tide, the tide turned for us as far as that goes. I remember what was the first match it was the FBI Tracy Smothers and the yeah. Guido versus it was some team but then all of a sudden Balls and Axel show up and was make it, it like a three way and it's like it's a total garbage match yeah. it, just steel chairs and it was quick and we're like, like oh, how much do we pay for this yeah um, <laughs> you know it was funny but I was like is this all this is this all it does yeah. and then, <laughs> and then was a second match uh, Tajiri and Super Crazy their first yeah. of Two? First of many. Oh, for, like two back to back. I remember. Yeah, on back to back pay per views. This yeah, is when Tajiri was, was still in his uh, uh, white and blue uh, trunks. Yeah. Before he got no there. beard. Yeah, no beard. He was real clean cut. <laughs> and I was just, crazy. I was, it amazed me. I yeah. mean, I hadn't at that point. I still hadn't seen a whole bunch of, of wrestling like that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Japan. If you you know, we weren't. We'd only seen the people that they had signed to bring over from Japan. Yeah. You know, like. Uh, in 1989, which I believe was a banner year for wrestling, and uh, more so on the NWA front. I mean, WWF was good in 1989, but NWA was great in 1989. Yeah. And I saw the great Muda for the first time. Yeah. I'd seen the great Kabuki before, but they never really featured him all that much in world yeah. class. He kind of traveled around. But when I saw Muda, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. That's amazing. See, I didn't which see is probably what happened when you saw Tajiri. Yeah, I never watched... The only thing I ever watched as a wrestling fan was WWF. I never watched anything. I never saw uh, World Class. I never saw WCW and WWA. I never saw any of that. Wow. So, I, it took me... getting Being a fan 
later in life and then going back and watching it to realize what I was missing at the yeah. time. And to be fair, at the same time, when we were watching WWF at that time, Takuma Jinoku was coming up. Yeah. They actually started to care about the light heavyweight belt again. Yeah. Which was really cool at the time. And, yeah. And, like, ups and downs, but... Yeah, absolutely. But it seems that anybody that they would bring in to, like, debut and start messing with that division, we got into. Yeah. And still to this day, Christian being a great example of that. Yeah. Yes, Christian, one of my current favorites. Yeah. But not only did we see that on the first ECW pay-per-view, we saw an excellent match between Super Crazy and Tajiri, and we saw Rob Van Dam for the first time. Yeah, I had heard about him. Uh, Mr. Monday Nights is what they were calling him at the time because of his stint that he did. Or was it after the thing, the Raw Invasion? Yeah, it was after the Raw Invasion because Raw Invasion happened in 97. Yeah. 97, 98. And, uh... Then, and he know, said he was too good for ECW, he should be on Raw, so he's yeah, Mr. Monday Night. Exactly. And then, you know, we were like, I can't wait to see Rob Van Dam. I remember that was one of the big selling points. Because yeah. he was on the promo for the paper, so like, oh, you know. And uh, not expecting anything out of his opponent, but we got a lot out of him. Was, was it Lance Storm? Okay, it was Lance Storm that night. Okay, yeah. yeah. So seeing Lance Storm versus Rob Van Dam, and that's our first ECW show once again. Yeah. Uh, did a lot to help that company. Yeah. For in, in, in our eyes. Oh so yeah. After that, we didn't want to. We didn't miss any more PCW pay per views for the remainder of the company. Yeah. And so. they didn't have a they didn't have a TV deal yet. They yeah. had not gotten the uh, the uh, TNN deal yet. The yeah. Nashville Network. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they and didn't we, get it. Until didn't, the, yeah. yeah. And we didn't get Hardcore TV. Hardcore TV didn't get syndicated for us until after the TNN deal started. So. Yeah. So we. We we're only really, as, I mean, we we see a lot of these matches now in retrospect, and of course the ECW Rise and Fall DVD is amazing. Yeah. It's it's very educational for that moment in time. So we're pretty much 98, 90, you know, we're ninety nine through the death of the yeah. original ECW. Of course, if, if it's we're going, great stuff there. Maybe some people even turn their backs. Hardcore fans, I don't know, but I love they missed era, out on yeah. some great. Anybody that did miss out on some great stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, the of course, if we're going by. Uh, 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 Team 3D and Rhino Logic than we've been fans since like '94. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Before, right before, like three months before we met, we were already yeah. watching ECW. And before ECW was ECW, we were already watching. <laughs> yeah, it was still Eastern Championship Wrestling yeah. by their rationale. Yeah. It's 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, when they started. But it was cool because you know finding out the history of ECW, I was like, man, I used to see those guys in WCW or WWE, yeah. and that was, you know. It, it did come across a little bit like the Island of Misfit Toys, but yeah. talk about bringing your A game when you got nothing to lose, I guess, yeah. in certain instances. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, that at the time, ECW really changed what I saw wrestling as. Because yeah. um, they had the violent stuff to have the new Jack, which I really still don't even care for. No, no, um, not, not I've seen hardcore matches that I like. I mean, I became a huge Mick Foley fan. Yeah. Of course, like everyone did. I mean, of course, yeah. Hell in the Cell. I have to, I have to bust out my uh, world class card again. I used to watch him as Cactus Jack yeah. all the way back in 1990, and I, I would root against him, but I would never miss his matches. Yeah. I would never go to the bathroom during a, a Cactus Jack yeah. match because he would do that elbow drop spot from the apron yeah. to the floor every match, and it was on the concrete floor over yeah. there. I mean, that's so, why he walks funny today. To this day, yeah, and. So, another guy, just like Austin, yeah. Foley was the same guy. He was in world class, and then he went to WCW, then he went to ECW, just yeah. like Austin, and yeah. then WWE. So, I, it was kind of cool seeing the evolution of these guys. Yeah, but so, I mean, just 
So when I became a fan of his, I went back and I got some of his Japanese stuff, and I was like, wow, this hardcore stuff isn't necessarily awful. I don't know, it just... It can be compelling. It, it takes a certain person. And yes. him and Terry Funk, who he's on a lot of those matches as well, of course. Um, even some of the Mike Awesome's stuff, which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, but he had Gladiator. He had a few matches with Hayabusa that were pretty cool. But Hayabusa, I mean, I started branching out. That branched me out into Japanese wrestling. Yeah, you got really into it. Yeah, like, like out outshined me yeah. as a wrestling fan. So just like <laughs> following the trail, I went from Mick Foley to the hardcore Japanese, and I saw Hayabusa, and he was a high flyer. That kind of led me to the J-Cup. Yeah, the J-Cup stuff. Which oh. just exploded everything for me. I saw Chris Jericho there and Chris Benoit, and they made me even bigger fans of theirs than I was already. Yeah. And uh, Ultimo Dragon and Liger and all those guys. And uh, I mean, um, Psychosis and Rey Mysterio had a match on that 94 J-Cup. I call that the changing of the guard for pro wrestling. It really was. That, especially in Japan, but... That all led to coming back over here. Yeah. But when they had that match as an exhibition match during yeah. the J-Cup tournament, it wasn't even part of the tournament, yeah. that's when, I believe, that's when Japanese wrestling went from, you know, it's kind of like watching martial arts, but it's pro wrestling, yeah. into fast-paced, well, heart-attack yeah. Japanese wrestling, like I, the high-flying stuff. They really introduced the Lucha Libre style into, yeah. to infuse it into the Japanese realistic hard style yeah. and made this beautiful amalgamation of both that was just amazing. It's a good work. Thank you. It's what you still see to this day. Yeah. So uh, That's basically like when you talk about the Lucha style and the Japanese style, it, for those of you familiar with it, like a Yoshihiro Tajiri, for yeah. instance, that to me is one of the great examples of the Lucha influence in the Japanese wrestling because yeah. he, he's definitely more Asian style. Yeah. But he's fast paced too. Lots of kicks and martial arts based. Yeah. yeah. And he'll fly. Yeah. So he's great, you know. Man. I mean, and even I've actually recently rewatched that match that Sikosis and Ray had, and it's not a really, it's not a great match. It's it's good. Right. But it's not great. It's, and they've had better since. Yeah. Obviously. All, they've had so much better since. Yeah. But it's just. Ray was still very new to the business yeah. at the time, too. Yeah. Because he's only been doing this, I mean, I say only, but he's only been doing this, like, what, a little over 15 years or 17 years or something like that? So that was one of yeah, one of his early matches. So. I mean, seven, 15, 16, 17 years, that's a long time for a wrestler, but yeah. 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 But yeah, he was still fairly, fairly new. Yeah. I think Ray's not even in his mid-30s yet. Uh, I'm not sure how old he is. Yeah, because he started, he turned pro like 14, 15 something or something. like that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous. I don't have those uh, laws over there so much if you're going to be a pro wrestler. <laughs> Damn laws. But, yeah, so that branched me out further. Like I said, into Japanese. I got into the current Japanese stuff at the time. So I remember getting this. Uh, did you get it for me? The Best yeah. of 2000 yeah. Japanese? I remember that. Christmas 2000, I bought yeah. it. Best of Japanese hardcore. The guy at the video store tried to sell me a Best of Al Snow tape. I laughed in his face. <laughs> and they're like, no, they're, really, they're, one exists. <laughs> that was my McFoley joke almost waiting to yeah. boil. But uh, no, yeah. Uh, actually, that was, uh, I believe that was my friend Wrestling Andy, who we should have on the show sometime. That yeah. guy's got great autograph stories. Yeah. So. Uh, he tried to sell me Best of Al Snow. I'll never forget that. <laughs> but uh, I was like, I, I would like something. You get it home and the tape's blank. <laughs> Son, of <a laughs> Son of a bitch. Uh, I was like, I would like something in a Jabba. I would like something. Timing, timing. Japanese wrestling from this year. Do you have anything? And it's like, here's Best of 2000 Japan. Like, 
sold. And that introduced me, not only because it did have the high flyers, I saw Curry Man for the first time. Yeah. And one of those, it was like a six six or eight man tag team match. It was insane. Where there's no tags. Yeah. Really. It's like Lucha. It's Lucha style, yeah. yeah. Uh, this guy, Jody Fleisch, who, I'm not sure if he still wrestles, but he was, he was the guy that did the spinning... Like somersault, like springboard DDT. He was freaking amazing. Remember that guy? Where is he now? Yeah, I don't know. I want to um, know where um, Dragon Kid is too. Uh, Dragon Gate. Is he still in Dragon Gate? Yeah. Okay. I, see, I'm behind on Dragon Gate. Chris yeah. is up to date practically on Dragon Gate. I'm this. I'm woefully behind for this year. I have everything. Just tell him how much Dragon Gate you have right well, now. Well, I have everything that was televised, pay per views or TV show from. 2008, uh, and a little bit before that, like around the end of Matt Seidel's run in Dragon Gate, I have his last match over there. Evan Bourne, yes. by the way. <laughs> and I have just a few, like the first month of 2009, so I have a full year and change. There you go. But yeah, we so... Will, we will not trade those with you if you email us right. at whs at wrestlinghowshow.com right. for something we don't have. Right. That would just be wrong. <laughs> and so... Yeah, so, I don't know, that's that's me, I guess. I'm just, now I'm a fan of everything. Ring of Honor, I really like. I'm trying to catch oh. up on that. I'm behind on that, too, actually. So. And, and don't sell yourself short. I mean, you, you not only is Chris has the, the international key, not not just the Dragon Gate key. Um, yeah, not just Dragon Gate. I mean, he's I, doing I, good. I, I watch Lucha Libre when I can. We get AAA here on the yeah. weekends. So I try to watch that when I can. Yeah, so I mean, three, Ted, Teddy three, Hart is there. Yeah, the three so. hours of Lucha after... Um, how many hours of original WWE yeah, programming see, plus so TNA Impact? So I got so far behind on on the Lucha as well. I'm a few. I mean, I, I haven't seen it in a couple months. Yeah, and 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 Chris is a Shimmer authority practically at this I'm, point. I'm so. trying to. If if anyone has Shimmer Volume Seven that you would like to not uh, trade with us, not trade or sell to me because I can't find it anywhere. Nobody has it. A studio copy, not a boot of Shimmer Volume Seven. Yeah, because that's what I'm up to, and I can't find it anywhere. They don't have it, I guess, I don't know what's the deal with it. What's the deal with Shimmer Volume 7? Someone tell me. That is the deal. Okay, so I, I said, Chris, we're going to keep this episode short, because yep. we're not talking about current events, we're just reintroducing our loyal friends of the show and new listeners to us. So I'm going to put you on the spot, Chris. Okay. Don't send him emails, he's going to do this off the top of his head, we didn't plan this, I'm going to do the same afterwards. Chris, all-time top five single wrestlers. Single wrestlers, okay. Off um, top of your head. All right, in no particular order. Uh, Bret Hart springs to mind immediately. Okay. One of the greatest ever. Um, Shawn Michaels, okay. who can't be... You can't top him on the mic or in the ring. Or in a big match. Or in a big match. Um, Eddie Guerrero, he had everything. He would absolutely still be at the top of the game right now. No doubt. Um... Chris Jericho, who can have a match. Chris Jericho can have a match with anybody, anywhere, anytime, and make it amazing. He, I yeah. mean, he, he could have a match with a, with a, with a, I don't know, with, uh, with a broom. With, with a broom. A, That's yeah. what I was looking for. Yeah. yeah. That's and, the Ric Flair method. Yeah. And uh, he can also talk, and uh, yeah. he's total package. He right. and the fact that he's like up and down on the card that he's a former five-time world champion, yeah. but he can still hold the Intercontinental title and he can still make the the tag team titles worth something again. Yeah. It's, Has he ever? Yeah. So anyway, Chris Jericho who may also be number 1. Um all of these guys are number 1 actually. Yeah. yeah. And all tied for one. The last coveted spot on my list uh 
It's going to go to... I was trying to think of someone international, because I do like the international stuff, but I'm going to go with Rey Mysterio, because okay. revolutionary, and I mean, he revolutionized not only Japan, but America, too, when he was in WCW and yeah. leading oh, yeah. the Cruiserweight division. Yeah. I mean, him and Dean Malenko, but, Definitely. and Chris Jericho. Yeah, exactly. Guy from, and Chris Jericho, once again, a guy that transcended his weight division, yeah. much like Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Same, so, same type of thing. So there's my five. I'm actually completely agreeing with you on almost everything. Okay. Um, even I'm going to have to bump Ray off my top five from yours. Uh, I'd put him in the top ten to fifteen easily. Uh, he's all, also one of my all-time favorites. I have the box set, you know, all that. Bought the T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Hart Michaels with Jericho and Eddie Guerrero. Yes. Yeah. So so yeah, Eddie Jericho, Brett, and Sean. And for my fifth, it's going to have to be Ric Flair. Okay, uh, because Ric Flair is probably, I, I always call him the wrestler that got me to grow up. Yeah. I was under the spell of Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan in 1989. I happened to be watching in NWA in 1989 when he had his epic feud with Ricky Steamboat for the first mm-hmm. half of the year, and the second half of the year it turned into Terry Funk. A clash of styles, Flair men at work. They're both, uh, Steamboat and Funk are amazing in their own right. But that's when I became a Ric Flair fan, yeah. and I actually started to root for Ric Flair, even though I did not, even though I did not root for him against Steamboat. Yeah. I I was definitely on his side, just like because he turned babyface when he started feuding with Funk. Yeah. Um, but he really was, he is the man, and uh, I I followed him, and I I was apologetic about him for the rest of his career after yeah. that because I, I he, he 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 did have everything. Just I mean, he is. And I truly believe that I think he passed the torch to Michaels and Flair. Yeah, you know, probably he probably did it for Triple H too. But and um, but I think Michaels and Jericho are the best examples as wayward sons of Ric Flair. Uh, yeah, because you really you really can't say that those guys don't have the exact same qualities that Ric Flair has. Yeah, easily. Yeah, there you go. I might have picked Ric Flair, but see, like I said, I'd never watched any of that old NBA and WCW stuff, so I really never, I was never a fan of Flair as a kid. I heard of him, and his his short run in WWF, I didn't, I don't think I ever really saw that. Yeah, and also, they didn't really feature him as much on television. He was more of a pay-per-view guy, but I mean, he'd beat up jobbers, but that's not going to give you an indication of what he's really all about. Yeah, but I think my list, with... The exception of Bret Hart, I think it's about longevity and the fact that. Oh, from, Bret Hart from, has a decent well, longevity. he did, but I mean, he's not there today. Wait, where the wait. other guys, if Eddie was still alive, he would be too. The other guys are still around, and yeah. from the beginning of their career to today, because I, I was a huge fan of the Rockers when I was oh, a yeah. kid, so I followed like all these guys' careers basically. That, so. that leads me in top five tag teams off the top of your head: the Rockers, British Bulldogs, Hart Foundation. <laughs> Um, I'm laughing because it, it's yeah. going to mirror my list. I mean, these are kind of easy picks. I mean, I'm going safe, but pickums, yeah. But I mean, it's true. I mean, you can't really dispute those. No. I mean, anybody that's a wrestling fan, you can't say that these were bad teams. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm with you so far. I'm going to go with the Hardy Boys. Okay, yeah. And because they they did they re-revolutionized uh, tag team wrestling, I think. Yeah. And Edge and Christian. Yeah, see, I'm. 
I I have a hard time disagreeing with anything on that list. Let's see if I can though. Okay. <laughs> um. And yeah, I'm I. I'm, that's how. That's what. This is what got me into this thing was tag team wrestling, as I said at the top of the show. If it wasn't for oh, tag yeah. team wrestling, that, I might not be doing this yeah. whole thing. And by the way, I'm going to tease this for future episodes. We are going to do an uh, all-time fantasy tag team tournament. It's going to Te- be ridiculous. It's going to be ridiculous. Teams of all, I say from the modern era on, teams from 1984 and on, will all be competing against each other in a great fandom fantasy trip. Yes. Um, I, you know what? Um, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is as far as what makes a tag team compelling. I hated this team when I was a kid. Okay. Absolutely couldn't stand them, which is why I'm picking them to replace the Hardy Boys. I'm going to put Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, oh, yeah. also known as the Horsemen, also known as the Brain Busters, in my fifth slot. Anybody that's starting out training wrestling, if you're going to, if you, they put you in a tag team, it's just as important to watch their matches as it is to watch the hearts of the Bulldogs, if not more so. Honestly, yeah. if you're going to be a badass bad guy tag team. Whenever you hear announcers talk about cutting the ring in half, that's the team that did it. Yeah. So check them out if you haven't already. So hey. the rest of yours is... is exactly the same as yours. <laughs> right. have to go. That's why we do the show together. Yeah. But we will have... We're not just going to, you know... It's not just going to be a big stroke fest the whole time. We'll get into debate. <laughs> and uh, But that's going to be on some other episodes. Yeah. So. so, okay, well, that's our history. Let's do a quick, quick quiz, back and forth. Current top five wrestlers. Right now, today. Current top five, Jericho's at the top. I'd say, you know, and it's it'd be hard for me to put Michaels in there, but I guess it's really hard not to. So yeah. I'm going to do Jericho, Michaels, and I'm definitely branching out because a lot of my current favorites are, you know, guys from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Maybe, you know, some TNA guys are great, too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with um, a new, uh, newly... Newly signed WWE superstar, hopefully future legend and world champion Brian Danielson. Uh, I haven't even seen his entire history. Um, I've only seen pretty much his stuff from the last couple of years, and what I've seen is, is some of the best, you know, technical, scientific mm-hmm. match storytelling you're, you're you're bound to see. Great heart, uh, and trained by Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And the other one is going to have to be the artist currently known as Desmond Wolf in uh, TNA, formerly known as Nigel McGuinness. So that's four. And my fifth one is going to have to be. Wow. There's a lot to choose from. I'm going through the roster. I'm going. We're watching Survivor Series tonight, so I'm going through. Well, who's on that card? <laughs> Uh, who do I not miss right now? Who do I not miss their matches at all? You know, it's really hard for me not to pick Dolph Ziggler at this point, almost. Because oh, yeah. he's really good. Um, you know, but a lot of... Especially if you go through, like, the mid-card on yeah. SmackDown, it's there's some great stuff in there. Yeah. CM Punk's great. You know, I still, I'm still a Matt Hardy fan. Yeah, MVP's good. Morrison's great. The Miz. Miz, they're... It's really, really tough, man. It's really tough. Um, I'm going to pick Ziggler because I think he's the better overall wrestler. The amateur background helps. Yeah. 
what whereas I would pick him over Morrison, I I, th- I think is because of the fact that Morrison he is kind of a spot monkey, but he's very yeah. good at entertaining and he can tell a story. But I think Ziggler is the better overall wrestler. I agree. That was between those two guys for me. Cool. He can't beat Morrison though. God, he can't. <laughs> Fuck. I got so mad. <laughs> no, me too. When is he, he going to have his chance? Is he going to be number one contender again? For the like thousandth time and then lose. Anyway. See, they've already done. They, they just did that bit in ECW, so he can't put his career on the line yeah. to get the title yeah. shot. They just did that. They wasted it. <laughs> Fuck. So, anyway, okay. My current top five. Um, man, I asked you this question. Now I have to do it. You gonna copy me? Like a copy? No. Take the easy route. No. <laughs> um, I am gonna copy one, Chris Jericho, because like I said, he he's made he made me entertained by the Big Show. <laughs> That's and that's a miracle. I enjoy watching the Big Show when he's there. I've enjoyed Big Show versus Mark Henry. Oh, you did. That's I right. Did. That's right. And, Twice. And there's people that are booing an effigy right now, yeah. but it, it, it's absolutely true. It's, it's it was the story though. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I will defend the Big Show a little bit even before this, yeah. but it's kind of a bad excuse because. I've noticed that when Big Show's in the world title pitcher, yeah. he gets off his ass. He's motivated. Yeah. Even when I hated when they gave him the ECW title, he actually worked it a little bit. Well, when, and then when he yeah. won the SmackDown title from Brock Lesnar, he was actually semi-entertaining yeah. for a little bit. But then again, if Heyman's your manager, it's hard yeah. not to be entertained yeah. by you. When they announced uh, Big Show versus Undertaker, I was like, oh, no. And then they said, then Jericho put himself in there. I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah he saved the payment yeah. So. Um, anyway, so Jericho, um, I'm going with. I think I'm going to go with AJ Styles, Davy Richards. Ooh, Davy Richards, nice. Yeah, that guy is amazing. I wish he would. He, I don't know. He'll he, probably sign of it. He's one of those guys where, kind of like um, um, Brian Danielson, where man, I want to see him every week. I wish he'd sign, but then I'm like, maybe he shouldn't because he's having such great matches and. In Ring of Honor. Well, he might want to stick around a little bit because the fact that Danielson and McGinnis signed yeah. to TNA and WWE... The fact that Hogan's coming back is going to overshadow anything that yeah. happens for the next few months. So. That, and I don't want to see anybody I like sign to TNA. I'm sorry. Yeah. Which is why I, 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 I was... It was a surprise, but I was also disappointed that McGinnis yeah. was in TNA. Yeah. Especially... He probably wouldn't have if he had known fucking Hogan was going to show yeah. up. Uh, but... Yeah, I think Richards is going to be one of those guys that's going to benefit from those guys leaving. Yeah. just And that's the nature of the business, though. It's yeah. like when all those guys started to leave ECW for WWE, mostly, yeah. and the guys that were in the mid-card moved up to the world title pitcher, yeah. which is what you do. So maybe Richards could benefit himself from hanging yeah. around for the few years, because you know they watch Ring of Honor. Yeah. If he starts winning world championships and putting on the match of the night like he's been doing anyway, yeah. it'll be a no-brainer after yeah. a while. And you might as well season yourself just a little bit yeah. more. Um, Christian? Oh, yeah. Top five. He's he's a lot like Jericho. He can have a match with anyone and make it epic. And, so, it, and he has. He's They give him time on ECW to have those epic matches, yeah. which is awesome. And I think if Edge was off injured reserve, he'd probably make both of our lists, right? Yeah, now. probably so. And the fifth spot goes to... The fifth spot goes to... Man... Um, it's rough, and you've got yeah. current. It's easier with all time for some reason. Yeah, it is. Well, because there's so many that I'm like, man, this guy's awesome, but maybe not right at this exact moment. He's had better. And once again, no hate mail because this is off the top of our heads. Yeah, and I didn't. We didn't plan this. Um, 
I want to say Shelton Benjamin, but he hasn't been doing anything lately, so... This is kind of true. Although, like, if you'd have asked us that last year, it would have been a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, Chris, Chris had one of the best points about Shelton Benjamin. If you put him in a big match situation, no matter who he's with, he's pretty much going to outclass who he's in the ring with. Yeah. He is that good. Just, just wish there was something... I don't know if it's him or the company. I really yeah, don't at this I point. Mean, well, he made that the the best of Raw DVD with Shawn Michaels. And yeah, that was oh, yeah. still might be the best finish of all time on yeah. Raw for my money. I mean, yeah. it was on the open for years. Yeah. <laughs> um. So those four and man, I keep I'm gonna go with Matt the Miz. Morgan. No, not Matt Morgan. I'm going with the Miz. Wow, because he's nice. surprised me so much lately and. Every match that I see The Miz has he is does, awesome. He does get better. To, to coin a phrase. He gets better every time he steps through yeah. the ring. And he can talk, he can wrestle, yeah. which is... I never would have thought that. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, especially for... Especially even though they did this in the storyline recently, for a guy that people had pegged as the Marty Jannetty of the team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With an honorable mention going to uh, Zack Ryder and the Hart Dynasty. Oh, yeah, yeah. We can go on and on. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, we'll go ahead and end this show right now. There's, uh, like I said, this is just a bonus uh, repilot. Hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you tune in to hear us talking about the current events. So, uh, Chris traditionally does the plugs, and if you want to keep that tradition up, then go right ahead, sir. All right. Okay, well, you can go to the aforementioned www.wrestlinghouseshow.com. Um, our website is there with our blog, where we would love to interact with you, the fans. Um, for past listeners of the show, we're going to be doing the show a little bit differently as we go along. We're not going to be reviewing like every single match of every single show on on the show, on our show. So go to the blog to see what we think about. Like We'll probably do some reviews on there of the actual like TV shows, get a little bit more of the, the minutia of the everyday things, like the little, little bits here and there we of more the TV of a show. Stream of consciousness, as in on the blog, we'll... We'll talk about the matches, like you it's said. It's more, more of a standard review of like what happened if you missed the show, stuff like that. Right. So. We're going to keep Match of the Week on the show, though, because I like Match of the Week. Do. So, and uh, and our other wacky random weekly awards that we bring out sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go there at WrestlingHouseShow.com. You can email us there at WHS at WrestlingHouseShow.com. We also have a MySpace, which is myspace.com slash wrestling house show. House show. Sorry, they got it. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> We're on Twitter, too, apparently. We are on Twitter. Um, that'll be linked on the .com and the MySpace and everywhere else. And I'm also working on a Facebook, which should be up anytime. So, And iTunes, which is also will be linked from everywhere. Everything's linked to everything else, so go to one, you'll find the rest. Yeah, and, uh, you, you know, at least please subscribe on iTunes so we look bitching. Yeah, so, get we, the so we look like we have people that care about what we say, besides yeah. the two of us. Alright, so um, once again to our loyal listeners and friends of the show, welcome back. Sorry, and thank you. And welcome to all the new listeners. Please send us an email. Ask us questions. Anything. Thoughts, questions, all that good stuff that Chris gets. So, yeah. Have a have a have a good week, and we'll see you uh, talking about Survivor Series 2009. God, I hope it's good. We'll be back if we survive. Starting all over again. It's gonna be slow.